It is Sunday, October 4th, 2020. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TARD. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I finally stay awake at the movies. We have our Ms. Marvel and James Bond is moving yet again. It's episode 1023, The Golden Leaves. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 Natar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I did it. I am so glad that I finally did it. I managed to stay awake for The Empire Strikes Back. See, back in July, when movie theaters first started reopening, I decided to go out to the movies. In order to get people going back to the movies, they were showing classic films for five bucks each. I was thrilled. Some of my all-time favorite movies that I'd only ever seen on TV, my first chance to see them on the big screen. I could not turn this down. So I went out, I caught Back to the Future, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, I saw Ghostbusters, but things took a turn when I went to see Empire Strikes Back. As I've also mentioned before, and I give updates about constantly on Facebook, uh, this year I was diagnosed with sleep apnea and I'm still adjusting to sleeping with a CPAP machine. That really hit me when I went to see Empire Strikes Back back in July, in that I just could not stay awake. It probably didn't help that the theater I went to has power recliners for seats so you can pretty much lay down, but I wasn't laying down, I was sitting up. But still, I kept nodding off. The struggle to stay awake was so real. Staying awake was so distracting, I could barely concentrate on the movie. I was so pissed off. So when they decided to bring back Empire Strikes Back again for the end of September, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go see it again and stay awake this time. So I had a whole stay awake regime planned out. I chose a showing that was late in the afternoon so I'd have time to catch a nap beforehand. And I did. I went for the super combo of sugary snacks so a sugar rush would keep me up. I checked the stats on my Fitbit and my CPAP machine the day of the show. Everything set. I got a good night's sleep the night before. And I got to the theater early enough that I decided to run a couple laps around the parking lot to wake myself up. And it all paid off. I stayed awake through the entire film. I did start feeling a little bit worn out at around, No, I am your father. But I was able to power through. And I also finally cracked the code to making your pop last for the entire film. Tiny sips. And that large lasted me until about two-thirds of the way through the film. I had to ration because as I learned with my first attempt watching Empire, the urge to sleep and the urge to pee are a very dangerous combination. Huh. 
This means that Empire Strikes Back is now tied with Phantom Menace for the title Star Wars film I've seen in theaters the most. I saw Empire during its special edition release in the 90s and twice now in 2020, so that's three times, and Phantom Menace I saw in the theaters three times during the summer of 99. Yeah, I know, it's still trendy to hate Phantom Menace, but if you were there in the summer of 99, you would see it was quite easy to get caught up in the hype. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Let's get to the big Marvel news of the week. We've got our Ms. Marvel. Newcomer Iman Vellani will be playing Ms. Marvel in the upcoming Disney Plus series. Vellani is a complete newcomer. She's got pretty much no credits to her name. About the only thing people were able to dig up on her was she was on some teen advisory board for the Toronto International Film Festival. Now, a few folks have been asking me, Mark, who is Ms. Marvel? She's still relatively new in the Marvel Universe. They introduced her in the comics about six or seven years ago. She made headlines for being the first Muslim character in the Marvel Universe to headline her own comic. Kamala Khan, a 14-year-old girl from New Jersey. Unbeknownst to her, she is an inhuman. For those who don't know their Marvel lore, the Kree... Those were the bad guys in Captain Marvel. They came to Earth several thousand years ago and experimented on humans to try to create a race of super soldiers. In the end, they created the Inhumans. When exposed to a chemical called Terrigen, it activates their Inhuman genes and gives them superpowers. Anyway, Marvel did an event where a Terrigen fog enveloped the Earth, and thousands of people who didn't know they were inhuman suddenly had superpowers. Kamala Khan was one of them. She was gifted with stretchy powers like Mr. Fantastic or Plastic Man over at DC Comics. And since she was a Captain Marvel fangirl, she took Captain Marvel's old alias of Ms. Marvel and set out on the path of superherodom. In the past six years or so in the comics, she just really exploded onto the scene. She was the biggest original Marvel character in years, so of course they're rushing her into the cinematic universe. As we mentioned, she's getting her own show on Disney+. Plus. They've already got the directors of Bad Boys for Life all set to direct the first couple episodes. They've got a showrunner in place. It should be dropping on Disney+, Plus sometime in 2022. And you know me, I'm a sucker for all things Marvel, so I'll be tuning in regardless. I don't know much about Ms. Marvel myself. Everything I just told you, you can easily find yourself on the Wikipedia page. So I'll be really eager to see what this character is all about. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, The Targ. And now it's time for the streaming report where I update you on what I've been binging. Firstly, I wrapped up Cobra Kai. Oh my gosh, guys, Cobra Kai is so good! Yeah, I'm late to the party on this one. It originally dropped on YouTube Premium two years ago, back when YouTube was trying to expand to be a major player in the streaming wars, but they kind of gave up on that, so Cobra Kai made the jump to Netflix. I told you all about it when I first started watching it. It continues the story of the Karate Kid some 35 years later, Johnny, that's the bully who had it in for Daniel in The Karate Kid, is now a middle-aged screw-up who starts turning his life around when he starts teaching karate to a kid in his building. And this inspires him to start up the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo all over again. This doesn't sit too well with Daniel, who now owns and operates a successful chain of auto dealerships. Before long, old rivalries are sparked anew, and our heroes wind up passing on these rivalries to their new karate students. 
It's just beautiful to see how they took this beloved film franchise and essentially did a highly decompressed retelling of the story. We finally get to see everyone's point of view and where they're coming from. And if you grew up with the movies like I did, there are heaping helpings of nostalgia to keep you going. And as I'm sitting down to record this, Netflix just announced that Season 3 will be dropping in January, and Season 4 has been greenlit, and I say bring it on. And when I was done with that, I decided to pop over to Disney+. Plus. Now that October is here, I figured it's time to start watching the spooky stuff. So I watched something that's been on my Disney Plus watch list ever since Disney Plus launched. And that's their late 80s TV movie, Mr. Boogity, and its sequel, The Bride of Boogity. This is one of those things that I have vague memories of seeing on TV when I was a kid, as it was originally episodes of The Wonderful World of Disney. It is kind of fun watching these late 80s Wonderful World of Disney movies, because they really are the origins of those Disney Channel originals that have become such a defining moment for millennials. The first one, Mr. Boogity, is a fairly routine haunted house tale. New family moves into a dark spooky manor to find that it's haunted by the evil ghost Mr. Boogity, so they have to work together to get rid of the ghost. The second one, Bride of Boogity, is a lot bigger, no doubt having to do with the fact that it's twice as long. Mr. Boogity is just an hour long, Bride of Boogity is two. Anyway, Mr. Boogity is trying to resurrect himself, and in doing so, possesses the father of the family. The world is just greatly expanded. We get mediums, we get cemetery groundskeepers, and even Canadian comedy legend Eugene Levy shows up as a shopkeeper in town. He's jealous of our heroes, you see, because he runs the competition. So who is Mr. Boogity? I got to admit, it's a very un-Disney-like backstory. Way back in the times of the Pilgrims, there was a man named William Hanover who hated children and would scare them away by yelling, Boogity, Boogity, Boo, which is how he got his nickname, Mr. Boogity. Hanover fell in love with the widow Marion, but the feeling was definitely not mutual. So in order to win her heart, Hanover sold his soul to the devil for a magic cloak. Yeah, nothing like Satanism to win the woman of your dreams. Hanover then kidnapped the widow Marion's son. When he tried to cast his first spell, it backfired, causing his house to explode and killing himself, the widow Marion, and her son. But thanks to the magic of the magic cloak, they now roam the town as ghosts. And the only way to defeat Mr. Boogity is to steal his magic cloak. Crazy, right? Very dark Disney backstory. These are incredibly low budget, but still unmistakably Disney in the look and overall tone. The plot is just so routine and the cast does all they can. It was great watching it for nostalgia's sake, and that's about it. And that's the streaming report. You're listening to Mark Kappas. That young man fills me with hope. And some other emotions that are weird and deeply confusing me. On U62, The Targ. And it looks like the pandemic continues to mess with Hollywood's release schedules. The latest James Bond film, No Time to Die, has been delayed again. It was originally supposed to come out back in April, but got moved to November because the pandemic started closing movie theaters. Now they announce that it's been moved again to April of 2021, again because of the pandemic. Let's see now. The longest gap between James Bond films was the six years between License to Kill in 89 and Goldeneye in 95. That was six years. By the time No Time to Die comes out in 2021, it'll have been six years since Spectre. We've got a tie for the longest gap between James Bond films, ladies and gentlemen. As a lifelong James Bond fan, I just hope it's good. As I said when the first trailer came out, I am starting to get a little tired of Daniel Craig's Bond. I mean... 
I think we're ready to go back to a more light-hearted Bond, one in the same vein as Roger Moore or Pierce Brosnan, the one that was laughed at as being Batman without a mask. Daniel Craig, he's just so dour and serious. I get it, you're a rogue agent. Just come on, guys. Let's just go back to fighting evil billionaires, shall we? Anyways, I'm about all rambled out, so I think I'll finish this off. As always, thank you very much for tuning into the podcast. Like, share, and subscribe, as the kids say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. And as always, over on my official website, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Capps. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Well, that was pointless. Yeah.